All right. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast, which is part of Fantasy Basketball International and is brought to you by Fantrax. This is episode 42, where, as you can see, Adam King is going to be joining me. We're going to be reacting to the OGN and Obi to the Knicks trade, which just went down a few hours ago, and then talking about some other guys that have been playing well. So let's get into it. After going AWOL last week, I am back. Adam's joining me. Uh, obviously, it's been a busy holiday season for everyone, uh, which was why there wasn't an episode last week. Uh, but Adam, before we get into the OG Ananobi trade, as you can see, I had my Knicks hat on just to kind of go with the theme of the deal. Uh, how was Boxing Day for you? I know you have a pretty cool tradition to be able to watch all the games. Yeah, we do. So the Christmas Day games for us uh, start tip off here at about four in the morning, I think four, four thirty. Um I didn't get up quite that early. I, I got up about five thirty. So I got up at about half time of that first game. Um and then sort of trudged myself into the shower quickly and, and got in my car and drove to my mate's place. Um he lives about tw- twenty five minutes from my house. So uh on a farm. So I head out to his place and we we set up in his man shed and um Cook up a nice breakfast, uh, plenty of snacks, some early early beers. Um, he, he was actually on his first beer when I got there at <laughs> seven o'clock. So, um, yeah, so some some early beers and and uh, he cooked up a big chili for lunch, and we just we just sit around and drink and watch basketball and talk crap all day. Um, and then I'm home by home for dinner. So yeah, it's it's a good day. It's, it's just a I like it when the games don't overlap because mm-hmm. I often just sit here with league pass on and, and I can't decide what game I want to watch. And then I feel like if I watch certain players, they play worse. So I try, I don't watch them live. And it's, it's, but when it's one game, then another game, then another game, you just put it on and let it go. And that way you don't feel guilty because it wasn't your choice. It's not like you chose to watch That's this right. game and you play bad. The That's NBA. Right. The NBA, this player played bad. That sounds like uh, is to be able to wake up early, watch basketball all day long. Like, no, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, it's funny, Adam, a few days before Christmas here, I spent a few days in New York with my wife. Uh, I went to the NBA store and I got a mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings shirt that says uh, Beam Team on it. But I also uh, did, so the Knicks didn't play in Madison Square Garden while we were there, but I was able to do a tour. Okay. Um, and at the end of the tour, it was like, we give you like a 10% off at their, their team store. So I was able to get this Knicks hat. And I also got an Emmanuel quickly shirt. <laughs> yep. So okay. uh, I was very excited about the quickly shirt. I was like, this, this is pretty cool. Like it's like a, it's not like the star player of the team. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I like is like players that are fun to watch, but not the absolute best player on the team. Um, and then of course gets traded. Uh, I believe, 10 days after I get the shirt, which is a new record for me. The uh, the previous record, I got a Cam Reddish Hawks jersey for Christmas mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And less than a month later, he got traded to the Knicks. But so this is a new record 10 days uh, after I buy an Emmanuel Quickly shirt. He gets traded um, along with RJ Barrett um, and the Pistons 2024 second round pick, which I think as of right now is pretty much a lock to be pick 31, unless they turn things around. Yeah. Um, in exchange for OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. Um, I know you, I'm assuming, woke up to the news. Um, yep. So what was your immediate reaction while you were, I'm assuming, laying in bed, scrolling through your phone and seeing, oh, well, OG Ananobi's on the Knicks now? Uh, yeah, it was it was a surprise. I mean, I, I think we I've spoken. I did a show the other day, and we we talked. I don't know if it was with Mike or know, it was with someone, and we were talking about the Raptors and the fact that they need to shake things up a bit, and that it would probably be OG or um, or Pascal Siakam that would be moved. I don't think. I think Scotty Barnes. They they've shown that they're invested in in him as their future. So so he's not going anywhere. So I wasn't surprised, but. 
yeah, it, it sort of just came out of nowhere. Um, my immediate reaction straight away goes to my fantasy teams and <laughs> who have I got rostered? And of all of these players, Ananobi is the only one that I have on, on a roster. Um, and it is in a in a competitive league that I'm in, sort of my home league, I guess, with a lot of friends. And my immediate reaction was, I think I'm pretty happy um, because, well, I mean, a number of reasons, but the main one is just that I don't think he was super happy in, in Toronto. Um, and so I'm not saying his situation improves significantly or anything like that, but I just think that um, playing alongside a really good point guard like Jalen Brunson is going to get him plenty of good looks. Um I don't know. I think just going playing in New York, playing in Madison Square Garden, they're a team that's going to be in the playoffs. So I'm hoping that this sort of just rejuvenates him a bit um, and, and he can play more like the player that I wanted when I drafted him than the player that he's been this season. Yeah, and it, it seems like uh, last season's Toronto Raptors had a number of players that were averaging at least a steal and a half per game with mm. – OG, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., all three of their steal numbers have dipped. Uh, and it could just be different coaching philosophies as far as how aggressive they're allowed to be to try and make steals or make plays, get steals. Because um, Ananobi averaged 1.9 steals per game last year, which is why he was 27th in 9-cat. This year he's only averaging one steal per game, uh, seeing about two and a half fewer minutes per game. So if Tom Thibodeau is going to do something – it's it's going to be that he's going to play his starters a crap ton of minutes. Like OG will probably see at least four more minutes per game. I'd say like it could be closer to thirty-seven, at least thirty-six minutes per game in my mind. That's more time on the floor for him to make plays defensively. Hopefully, get the steal number up a little bit, um, but also, a, I guess, a little less reliant on him offensively. Not that he was by any means like the focal point of the offense for the Raptors, but. Now it's it's Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle doing a majority of the scoring and playmaking. They have a number of shooters uh, filling out the rotation. So I feel like OG may be able to maybe make more of a concerted effort defensively and not have to do as much offensively. Um, maybe I'm entirely off base there and the offense won't actually change that much at all. Uh, and it'll be about what it was or has been this year because it is – he has seen fewer shot attempts, fewer points um, as the past couple of seasons, but I'm I'm just hoping that playing for Tibbs will get him more steals. Do you think that that's a possibility? Yeah, that that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that the steals come back closer to one and a half, um, that his free throws come back because he's been pretty bad from the free throw yep. line this season, and, and all I can attribute that to is sort of a mental kind of thing because it, 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 you just don't fall off that much. Uh, if you don't have an injury, significant injury to your to wrist or an arm or something, it's just got to be a mental thing. So I'm hoping that this all ties in with almost just hitting a reset button for him this season. And yeah, I don't care. I don't want him to come out and score 20 points. I'd rather him score 15 points, but hit his free throws, hit some threes, and get steals. That's what I drafted him for. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I'm tr- trying to stay positive, and and so I. I do think this is probably a probably a trade in where both teams will f- walk away feeling as though they've won the trade. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I think both teams would be pretty happy with this. Yeah, I think in my mind it's hard to give up a guy like quickly. I'm not a huge RJ Barrett fan, uh, so I think it was probably more difficult for the Knicks to give up quickly because in my mind if they wanted to make – uh, a trade for like a Donovan Mitchell, who's probably going to be consistently in trade rumors for the Knicks. They needed some sort of young prospect to center that deal around. Quickly was the best option in my mind, but bringing in OG Ananobi to give them kind of a, a solid three. I don't know if I'd call them a big three, but a very good core three to kind of build their team around. Before we talk about the fantasy impact for the guys that are headed to Toronto, I want to ask is there any relevance, do you think, uh, to Precious Achua or Malachi Flynn? In my mind, with injuries to Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims, maybe there's a few minutes open up for Achua to make a, a short-term impact until at least one of those guys is back in the rotation. Yeah, I think I don't think Flynn, I don't think there's anything because, I mean, the Knicks are 
still have plenty of guard depth there with Quinton Grimes and Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen Brunson. Uh, so I don't really see Flynn doing much here. Achua is probably a, a short-term winner, as you said, because Sims is out for another week. Um, Hartenstein is starting, but they still I still get the sense that they don't like playing in big minutes. I know they have been, but that's been really out of necessity. I mean, they, they signed Taj Gibson. That's how desperate they were. So I think maybe Hartenstein takes a little hit here, I think he probably goes back closer to 30 minutes because Achua is a significant upgrade on Taj Gibson. Um, so, and Achua, I think, played two minutes yesterday or something, two or three minutes. Yeah. So he was almost out of the rotation. So he probably gets a short-term bump, maybe deeper leagues, give him a look. But once Sims is back, I, I, I don't know. I mean, is there... Is there a world here where they start a tour and bring Hartenstein? Because that's what they were doing with Sims. Um, so do they bring a tour in and start him like they were with Sims? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so. But this is Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks, and it, it's. I don't think it's out of the out of the question. Well, I think we might get our answer sooner rather than later. I just checked as you were talking about it. Jericho Sims is actually available to return today okay. uh in indiana so we'll see if they stick with isaiah hartenstein as the starting center or if sims takes back over and once that trade goes through do they bump sims out of the rotation entirely and just fill in with achua just mm -hmm. to have hartenstein come off the bench i think it's interesting uh, obviously tom thibodeau isn't known for just doing what makes sense to everybody else he may he may not well we'll see with that one um but as far as the raptors I don't I don't know how much of it it changes really for RJ Barrett in my mind but obviously he was uh, I think I wouldn't call him the best I'm just higher on quickly I think than RJ Barrett but um kind of helping the salaries match uh with OG Ananobi RJ Barrett's contract helped with that um uh, he should unless you think differently I'm assuming he's going to fill in as the starting shooting guard and Emmanuel quickly is going to fill in as the starting point guard alongside Scotty Barnes, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Jakob Pertl. Obviously still rumors of a Siakam trade at some point, but what do we make of R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly starting for the Raptors, hopefully, unless you think Quickly is still kind of a sixth man, but them starting um, for the Raptors instead of the Knicks? Yeah, the, the Quickly one's interesting um, because they recently moved Schroeder out of the starting lineup to mm -hmm. to make Scotty Barnes the point forward or point guard as such. So whether that philosophy now changes and they go back to a more traditional point guard like an Emmanuel Quickly, I mean, although, I don't know, I guess you could make a case that he's potentially better off the ball Um and if and if that's the case, then he he probably starts anyway because he's probably better than Gary Trent. So he's he can play uh, off the ball alongside Scotty Barnes. Um, he's a good three point shooter. So I think there's a couple of ways here where he starts, whether it's at point guard or alongside Scotty Barnes, who who takes up more of that role. Um, so I like this for quickly. I think he's a winner. The Knicks have always seemed to. They, they they always seem to hamstring him in terms of his development. He, he'll he'll have these really big games, and then Tibbs will just play him twenty two minutes the next night, and they they haven't really just set him free. So there's all the I mean it always trends with certain players, but the the whole like free quickly. Maybe this is freeing quickly, and he can come in play thirty two minutes, be a top sixty player because we know he can do it. So if I I mean, quickly is not available, I don't think, in any leagues. If he is, I'd go and add him straight away. Um, if you roster him, then I'd be feeling pretty good about what he might be able to do here in Toronto. Um, in terms of RJ Barrett, I don't think it matters where he is. I think he's, Barrett is Barrett. He's, he's an inefficient guy that does nothing but score. So um, he'll still get the opportunity. He'll still put up plenty of shots, but... I don't see this changing his fantasy value significantly at all. Yeah, I'm maybe I'm just being very optimistic about Emmanuel quickly, but 
it may have even been before the trade happened. It may have been like last night. I saw a tweet saying that somebody somebody said that Emmanuel quickly is going to be for somebody else what Jalen Brunson has been for the Knicks, where he's like played well, mostly in a six man role, then joins a new team, gets handed the starting job, and absolutely takes off. Now, obviously, Jalen Brunson got through free agency quickly is going to be a trade, but it is a pretty good situation for him to come in and at least be the starting point guard, whether that means he's going to be the starting point guard that gets six or seven assists per game, or is the starting point guard that gets four assists and more buckets, more minutes while Scotty Barnes, Siakam do a little bit more of the playmaking. We'll kind of have to see or wait and see about that one. Uh, Hopefully, quickly is in a situation where he starts because if he's just getting traded from a situation where he was a six man to being the six man on a new team, that kind of stinks. But in my mind, he should start. And then, like you said about RJ Barrett, not a guy that I'm excited about now. I'm not dropping what I'm doing say, Oh, like, let me go add RJ Barrett because like you said, he'll give you points and that's really it in fantasy. Unless, I mean, if it's in a points league, obviously he's probably already rostered in a category league, not doing much uh, for me at all. So yeah, the other interesting piece is the uh, second round pick that they got, um, which, like I said, probably going to be pick 31, which is basically just a very late first. So adds in a little bit more value that uh, Toronto was able to get back for OG, which the whole thing's interesting to me because I feel like the Knicks gave up two young players that, have value in RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly and what's basically a late first for OG Ananobi who helps the team. I think that they're a better team, but I don't think that that, you know, makes them all of a sudden one of the top three teams or top two teams in the East with a really, really good chance to make the finals just because they added in OG Ananobi. But I think it's also kind of the price you have to pay for an, a player that's impact as impactful as, as OG. So, what do you think about this move? Not necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but just what it does for the Knicks as a team. I think it probably tells us where the Knicks are in terms of their the opinion of themselves. And they think that their time is now, not in four years, because their OG is a player, as you said, that can help them now. He's a little bit old. I mean, he's not old. By I don't know how old he is, but he's um, certainly not old. Yeah. <clears throat> so theoretically, he's entering his prime. I think he's off contract at the end of this year, maybe. Yeah. So they're obviously this is he's someone that they want to include as part of that future because they they wouldn't be giving up these assets to get him if they weren't then interested in re-signing him. So I guess they see him and Brunson, um, Mitch Robinson, Julius Randall as as their core and, and they're going to build around these guys. So look, it probably makes them slightly better just because they will have more of a, a defensive presence now. Uh, Cause I think, I mean, as high as you are on Emmanuel quickly and, and I like him too, he's not an elite defender by any means. Um, yeah. RJ Barrett, he's certainly not an elite defender. Ananobi can be. So I think this fits with, what Tibbs likes and, and gives them um, just a, another element to that defensive uh, side of their game. So I think for me, it says that the Knicks are, are in and they, they want to try and push and, and win now or, or in the next two, three years. Um, and, and Toronto, yeah, I don't think they know what they're doing at the moment, honestly. Um, no one really does. So, whether this is the first of a couple of moves for Toronto, we still might see Siakam moved out for some young pieces. Um, but I, I like quickly coming in alongside Barnes. I think they could complement each other really well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Toronto is interesting. There's obviously still rumors of Siakam trade, which hopefully I think in my mind, I've been saying this for a little while is that they need to just tear it all down and start back over. Like you have, a player in Scotty Barnes that can be a future or I mean, he already is playing at an all-star level. Mm-hmm. We'll have a chance to make the all-star game this year. So why not tear it down and build around him? Like Siakam can get you back value in a trade. So can Pirtle. Uh trading OG Ananobi is the first step. I would have liked to see them get more draft picks as opposed to two yeah. young players. 
uh, especially that just how quickly they'll have. I'm pretty sure both have both gotten. I know RJ Barrett got paid. I don't know if Emmanuel Quickly's gotten um, a contract. Not sure, I can't, to be honest. I can't yeah, top of my head. I've got yeah. a contract. Right. <laughs> so I don't but, know. I, I do like I, the fact that Barrett's going to Canada. Yeah, that, that is cool. He's Canadian. Maybe this, I, I'm pretty sure that I've read that the Raptors were his team growing up. He, mm-hmm. That's who he supported. So maybe maybe that helps him in some way. I, I don't know if his family <laughs> is, is still there in Toronto yeah. um, or, or in Canada. So that, that can always help. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, as I said, I don't think it changes too much for Barrett, but it is nice to see him headed home. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts as well, is that maybe it'll help him a little bit from a basketball perspective. Probably doesn't do much for him in nine-cat leagues. We'll see if they continue to make trades. Uh, Siakam has had, I know the Pacers, Kings, and Hawks, at least off the top of my head, have been rumored teams to be interested in Siakam. Pertle can get you back value, but I think that they need to make moves now as opposed to trying to wait and then do it later on because they end up doing what Chicago did in waiting until their players held less value. And I mean, they still haven't traded away Levine, uh, Damar, Vucevic, whoever they end up trading, but those players hold significantly less value than they did say two years ago, or at least even last season. So hopefully Toronto is able to make the moves before it's too late. Um, I mean, at least, I mean, they're obviously starting early, so we'll see if maybe, as the trade deadline approaches, more of those trades come up. But Adam, the next thing is the most important thing for us to talk about. We've been waiting months to uh, have the big, big Dante Exum conversation. I mean, we haven't waited to talk about Dante Exum, but this is a slide dedicated to Dante Exum, not a, a random mention of him that becomes a podcast tradition. This is, hey, we need to talk about Dante Exum. He is winning like matchups in fantasy basketball by just picking him up off the waiver wire. If you were able to in time over the past two weeks, uh, basketball monster has him 103rd in nine cat leagues. Jason Kidd said that he plans to start Dante Exum, even when Kyrie's healthy, like when the, the team is fully healthy, Dante Exum is going to be in that starting lineup. I'm assuming alongside Derek lively, Luca Kyrie, um, and then a fifth starter. I don't know exactly who that'll be because we haven't seen Kyrie in so long, but it's interesting. He's playing really, really well, and he should be a player that is able to provide value for the rest of the season. Were you able to pick him up in any redraft leagues? I know you have him in a couple of dynasty. Uh, yeah, so I've got him in, in a couple of dynasty, and yes, I was able to get him in one redraft league. Um, it, it's not a bidding league; it's just a if someone's there. You just grab them and you get them. So I managed to. I'm surprised he was there because it's a 14 team league as well, so it is slightly deeper. But he was he was sitting there, so um, yeah. Look, it's I mean we joked about it earlier in the season about uh, Dante Exum coming across and what role he might have, and he he had a couple of preseason things, and so we we talked about it, and and obviously we were we were we were talking him up, but it was a, a little bit sort of tongue in cheek. Um, to be honest, I, I was just hoping that he would carve out a role for himself. Yeah. I was expecting sort of 12, 15 minutes maybe. Um, but injuries opened up the door for him, injuries to Josh Green, Kyrie Irving. Um, he was able to step into the starting role and, and he's been he's been really good. Um, as, as you put there, basically a top 100 player over the last two weeks. Um his improved three-point shot means he can stay on the floor with Luca and 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 spread the floor a little bit. Uh, he's a good wing defender. He's got good length. Uh, he still he reminds me a little bit of um, like a Kyle Anderson kind of thing. Like just with he doesn't look. He's not quick. He's not a fast player, but he he just seems to get to his spots and, and find a way to get to where he needs to be. Um, he's. Yeah, look, he's just a really good role player for them, and, and I think um, they've looked good with him on the floor. And, and as you said, Jason Kidd has said he will start. Uh, he's also said Derek Jones will start. So their okay. starting their starting lineup is not what it was to start the season. That they didn't have Exum or Derek Jones or Derek Lively in the starting lineup when on opening night. So um, times have changed and. Yeah, I mean, Exum's going to take a hit, obviously, when when Kyrie's back. But 
he's not a, I mean, he's not a high volume, high usage player anyway. Uh, so I think his role will stick. He probably goes back to being a, a fringe kind of 12 team top 140 player, I'd say. So in certain builds, he'll be fine. I'll, I'll probably hold him because all I want him to do is hit some threes, hit his free throws, get some steals uh, and some assists. And I think he'll still be able to do that, especially in a 14-team league. He'll be he'll be better than anyone that's available um, that, that will have consistent value anyway. There'll be streamers. but So I'm planning to hold him in a 14-team league and in a 12-team league, it's just hold him and see what happens, I think. Yeah, I was able to get him in industry pickup and in the World Cup. So he's been helping oh, okay. me out a lot. Um, and obviously, you know, the the sentimental value of having our king on my <laughs> roster, I think there's no way I drop him unless he drops out of the starting lineup. Probably be the only way that I do that. Just because, you know, you, you see the the videos of him making uh, the hustle plays. There was the one that was the other night that people were saying, oh, every high school coach is going to be showing this for the next 50 years. He like – the ball was about to go off him. He like was on the ground, basically got up, dove before the ball was able to touch out of bounds to save it. Very impressive hustle play that, mm. like I said, high school coaches are going to eat that up. Um, but we like that kind of the hustle on my fantasy teams as well. Like we, we like team first players that are, are more interested in helping the fantasy team win than anything else. So I'll be keeping Dante Exum around at least for team chemistry reasons, uh, even if he kind of, isn't providing the same top hundred value that he has uh, in recent weeks, but yeah, starting lineup sticking around in that uh, the assists have been solid. Probably like you said, take a little bit of a hit there uh, with Luke and Kyrie are both playing just because they'll have, they'll have two ball handlers that need the ball in their hands uh, to make an impact, but the steals are there. He is knocked down a three, at least one in every game that he has started, which that's kind of nice. He also had the, the one where he hit seven threes, which is, yeah. If you, if you if I told you that last year at this time, hey Dante Exum is going to hit seven threes in a game next year. Like that's that's not at all what he had provided uh, in his first stint in the NBA or really kind of anywhere. No, so it's been impressive. It has. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I'm just looking at his box scores here and his numbers and, and projecting forward and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, look, I think he's. <clears throat> he's probably going to be close to something like 12 points, um, four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a three-pointer. Uh, he's pretty efficient. He's he's not a guy that will just jack up shots for fun like an RJ Barrett. He he'll he'll shoot the shots that he knows he can make. Um, he'll be quite selective with his shots. Kyrie being back means he's going to get plenty of good looks from the perimeter. So. He could be fifty percent rest of season from the field, which is for a guard. That's that's uh, I'd consider that elite. Yeah. Yep, definitely for sure. We will continue to be uh, cheering on Dante Exum, whether he's starting or not. But it looks like he's gonna be starting and should be a good play for the rest of the season. Uh, Victor Wembanyama is another guy to talk about. You can always talk about Wemby in today's NBA. Just consistently going to be a hot topic no matter what he does. But uh, Greg Popovich's recent quote of saying that they're going to keep him on a minutes restriction for the next couple of weeks and that he won't be playing in any back-to-backs. I'm pretty sure their next back-to-back is – I was writing about it last night. I think it's like January 12th and 13th or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that they change this by the time their next back-to-back is. I mean, obviously they had a back-to-back last night, and that's kind of where this stemmed from is the fact that he, he missed the second night of it. But – um, his minutes will be limited moving forward. What is that? I mean, what do you kind of think when you hear, oh, Wemby's going to have his minutes limited? He's kind of played around 24, 25 the last handful of games, and he's not going to play any back-to-backs. Is that, how does that impact how you view him and kind of the Spurs in general? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think, I mean, to say we're not surprised is is not a lie. Like, I think we we thought this was the hesitation coming into the season and and why people were a little bit cautious on on reaching to get him is because we thought any injury, they're going to be careful with him, they're going to limit him, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. Um, so there's a, there is a little bit of concern, uh, but 
I don't think this is a rest of season thing. Like I don't, uh, it doesn't sound like it, he's not playing back to back for the rest of the season or anything like that. I think this is directly related to the ankle injury, um, which he did it twice. Like he, he injured his ankle, then he was coming back and he stepped on that ball boy's foot, rolled his ankle again. So this is justified. This is, he, he's got, he's very long as we know. And, and so they need to strengthen his tendons, his muscles, ligaments, all of that stuff across his body. But any any injury like this, they're going to be uber cautious. Um, so I think the fact that he's playing is probably a win. They're not they're not not playing him. The minutes look. I mean, he's going to be a first round player next year. Well, like that, mm-hmm. I think we've seen that. He's, so in terms of the minutes. I'm just looking at his, his sort of numbers here. Over the last two weeks, he's the 14th ranked player in 25 minutes a night. So I'm not bothered at all that he's only playing 25, 26 minutes. Um, I think that helps him probably in terms of managing this injury. It probably means that they'll go, okay, we might keep you on the minutes restriction, but we'll play you in back-to-backs. Whereas if he was playing 32 minutes a night, they'll go, well, We'll play you big minutes, but you're not playing in any back-to-back. So right. there's there's a trade-off both ways here. So, um, yeah, we we did a uh, I did a show with the Insight guys the other night, and we were doing some hypothetical trades. And one of them that we discussed was Wemby for Cat in a in a fantasy league. Who would you prefer? And mm. I think did we all go Wemby? At least two of us did. Two of the three. Uh, I definitely went Wemby just because of how fun. Like, I've got him on two rosters, and he is so much fun. And he can win you a week easily because he'll get eight blocks and four steals, um, tw- 25 points and 18 rebounds. Like he can just do things that other players can't do. So I, I went with him. So I'm not too concerned here. Um, and then I guess the finally the, the question that we – we probably get and that we're going to get more and more is are they going to shut him down in the last month? Are they going to tank? Are they going to rest him? They're bad even with him on the floor. So, <laughs> um, And this season isn't a season where you need a, a, like the first pick in the NBA draft because it's not a Wemby draft. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, you're more of the dynasty guy, but I don't think teams are going to be as focused on getting that number one pick this year, I think if you get the, the number three pick or the number five pick or the sixth pick, I think you could still get some value there. So at the moment, I'm not too concerned that he's just going to be benched and not play down the stretch. I agree with that. I think that if there is another injury like this, they'll have no problem just absolutely shutting him down and yeah, saying, hey, yeah. we just – Obviously, it's a lost season, but I think unless there's something like that, I don't think they're going to fabricate an injury just to say, sorry, Wemby, you're done for this season because, like you said, it's a pretty weak class as of now. Now, things will change as more games are played, prospects are looked at more heavily, um, and then you know we'll look back during summer league or, or during next season and say, I can't believe we called this a weak class. Like These five players have been awesome so far. So. That'll happen, but as of right now, yes, it's looking like a pretty weak class. Um, I think it's it's pretty interesting because you know, looking at it, his last two games, he's played twenty four minutes and he has twelve blocks across those. Just, I mean, that's just absurd. Like you said, like he doesn't need much time to make a massive impact. And he had thirty points against Portland in twenty four minutes, and that was on. Oh gosh. All these days are running together for me. I believe that was Thursday night that he did that. And then last night yeah. was when he sat out. So that makes sense. Um, he's able to be, I guess, kind of more aggressive defensively because I mean, maybe that's kind of the case is that, hey, we're only going to play you 24 minutes. So don't worry about getting in foul trouble because even if you foul out, like it's not a big deal. And you're probably going to have a harder time fouling out in 24 minutes than you would in, say, 32, 34 minutes. So just go block everybody's shot. Cool. Go do it, Wemby. He can. So, yeah, I think I'm not super concerned about him for the rest of the season, even if he is going to be on a little bit of a minutes restriction. He's still going to provide really, really good value. Um, But I do think it maybe opens up a little bit more for Zach Collins. Uh, He was a guy that I I was very high on coming into the season, but I also know a number of other analysts were. 
Um, finished out last season really strong. Hasn't been great so far this year. He uh, has started their last handful of games, or excuse me, at least a couple of the – when Wemby hasn't played recently, yeah. he's been starting and provide really good value. Last night he started and exited early with an ankle – with an ankle? Yeah. Yes, ankle injury. So whenever Wemby's out, he'll start in his place and provide really good value. I don't know if he's a guy I'm necessarily – hanging on to or I'm saying definitely hang on to him. But when Wemby's out, Zach Collins the streamer. Yeah, I'm trying to hang on to him if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see that dropping him would have to be an option for some people, and I think that's fine. Um, we don't know how bad this ankle injury is. It's not the one that he had surgery on, apparently. that I saw some tweets about that last night. So, um, yeah, look, this this could be a week. It could be two weeks. Um it's hard to know with ankles. But just on Wemby, um, quickly, another thing that sort of gives me a little bit of confidence in terms of them playing him is the fact that they're playing him at centre. Because at the start yeah. of the season, they said, we don't want him in there. We don't want him banging around. We don't want him playing centre. They moved him to the centre and, he, and he's thrived. He's shown he can do it. But he they need to get him used to the physicality of playing at centre. And so I think if they were concerned or or hedging towards not playing him, they would have just kept him at power forward. So that gives me a little bit of confidence that they are okay. And and he's come out and said himself that he wants to play. He doesn't want to miss games, but he will be – he will follow the advice of the medical staff, obviously. But I think if he's keen to play and, and they've shown that they, they want to play him at centre, they're okay with him getting some of that um, physical contact, that sort of thing. So that all, for me, points towards them wanting to play him as much as possible but without pushing him too hard um, in terms of the injuries. Yeah, so going to be dominant when he's on the floor and we just hope he can maximize that time as much as possible. Uh, here's a few other guys that have been playing well um, over the past two weeks. Darren Fox has been 10th in nine cap value on the season. He's 20th uh, per basketball monster. Last year was his best season. He was 42nd, uh, averaged career high in points, um, shot over 50% from the field for the first time in his career. His 78% from the free throw line was the best of his career. This year, he's taken a massive leap as a shooter. He His previous career high for threes is 1.8. This year, he's averaging 3.6. Uh, 30.2 points per game. The field goal percentage has dropped a little bit. Uh, steals are career high 1.8. So all of that is attributed to his best fantasy season of his career. It's still very strange, though, because he's shooting 72.4% from the line. Uh, 78 was the best of his career last year. He's never been a great free throw shooter for a point guard. But generally, when you're shooting 40.4% from three on 8.9 attempts per game, the free throw percentage is usually a little bit better. However, has been the, really the case for Fox, but he's still been just absolutely lethal from beyond the arc. Do you think that this kind of pace uh, as a as a shooter is something that he can keep up for the rest of the season? Is this, is this here to stay? Uh, oh, look, I think he'll try. I, I think he's, he, he's obviously taken on board the, well, criticism or advice, whatever you want to call it, about his lack of – the lack of being a threat from the perimeter. And, um, yeah, he shot the ball really well this season. I don't think he's, he'll be a first-round player when we get to the end of the season, but I think it'll mm-hmm. be his best season. Um, and, I mean, free throws, whenever players like this can't hit 80% from the free throw line, it just baffles me because I could go and hit 80% from the free throw line and – and, and, and I probably do. I probably am a sort of 70 to 80% free throw shooter. And that's that's without picking up, like we had a scrimmage the other night and I hit 15 in a row and I haven't picked up a ball for two years. Look, these guys should be hitting free throws because they practice, they practice, they practice. So, yeah, it, it's always, that's probably one of the biggest frustrations I have in, in fantasy is when guys miss free throws. Um but yeah, look. In terms of Fox, I think I think he's probably going to be a second round player next year um, in, in drafts. Like people will be taking him inside the top twenty five. Um, he'll probably finish this season in that sort of range, mm-hmm. like top thirty, I think. So no, he, he's been impressive, and um, 
I'm pretty happy that I've got him in the in the Dynasty 30 league, and, and I'm pretty happy with what he's done. Well, you guys heard it here first. Darren Fox, Adam King is calling you out uh, to a free throw shootout, and he said he's gonna say he's gonna shoot better than you. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. If hopefully he takes you up on your offer. Um, but another guy that's been playing really well during that same stretch is Derek White, who has been 11th in nine cat over the past two weeks. And when comparing it to a season long value, it doesn't seem quite as impressive because he's 15th over the course of the season. Um, pretty much averaging a career high in every category, uh, 17 points, 3.9 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks, 2.7 threes, 48.6% from the line or excuse me, from the floor, 89.2% from the line, literally all career highs. And he's doing it with while averaging 1.8 turnovers per game, which is a career high, but still like not in like that bad of a way because 1.8 turnovers is not that big of a deal. Um, he has been awesome. I know he was a guy that I was hyping up all summer, but I can't like victory lap this at all because the moment that they traded for Drew Holiday and I realized Derek White wasn't going to be the starting point guard, I was kind of like, oh, like I'm I'm not quite as high on him. Um, but he's taken such a leap this season, uh, production wise, like he's been capable of it, but now he's finally, I guess, kind of doing the thing. Um, this, the blocks have been insane over the past two weeks, averaging 2.6 blocks per game. He has at least two blocks in what is this seven straight games. So for a guard, obviously that's out of this world, unheard of. So Yes, it's been an incredible start for Derek White. Um, do you think that by the end of the year, he's still a top 20 guy in nine cat leagues? I think he might be. I think he'll, I mean, I don't like you, you read off all these numbers there. I think the sample size is big enough that we can say maybe this is who he is. So, so it is somewhat sustainable. Um, yeah, top 20. Definitely top 30, I think. Top 20 is probably best case. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's key to what the Celtics are doing this year. He's a fan favourite. He's he's quite vocal now. If you watch timeouts and, and when they're in huddles and things like that, he, he's talking a lot more. Um, so, yeah, and look, I think, as you said, most of us, we were reasonably high on him coming into the season. Then Drew Holiday uh, was signed and we all went, oh, okay, well, now we'll, we'll drop him back. We were still drafting him, but we had him, probably most of us put him at, at sort of a top 100, top 90 kind of player. Um, but yeah, look, he's he's been he's been phenomenal, arguably their best player, I think, in terms of consistency. Uh, and on that show I did the other day with the insight where we did the potential or theoretical trades, we did Derek White for Kyrie Irving um, as, a, <laughs> as a trade. Um which even the fact that that's even a discussion two months ago, you would have just been laughed at. Um, but, I mean, quickly, who, who would you take, Derek White or Kyrie Irving, if, if you had to pick one? Um, I don't think Kyrie's going to get the same volume now that Dante Exum is in the starting lineup. So I might have to go with uh... – <laughs> no, I would actually – I think I would go with Derek White. It would depend a little bit on team build, like if I'm punting a defensive stat or anything like that, where Kyrie is obviously going to be better for scoring. Probably, I don't know exactly how many threes averaging, but I'd assume better for threes. Um, if I needed that, then I would probably prefer Kyrie. But overall, I think I might actually choose Derek White, which is kind of crazy to say. Well, we all went Derek White. So yeah. it was all three of us went Derek White. And if you pull up the numbers, I'm trying to remember back, but I think he's Derek White is hitting more threes than Kyrie this year yep. and more has more assists per game. Yeah, but 0.1 assists and I think 0.23s, but yes, yeah. more. Yeah, and and I said to to them, when does like we sort of were talking about when does a player become an elite three point shooter, like a Steph Curry, and for me the eye test a lot of basketball is eye test for me, um, having play, been playing for almost forty years. For me, watching Derek White when I when he when he shoots a three now I. I'm almost surprised when it doesn't go in. And to me, that that's when a guy becomes elite yeah. is when you expect them to make a three-point three-pointer. And Derek White is 
almost in that category now. When he hits those corner threes, they you just sort of go, oh, yeah, this is going in. And when it doesn't, you're a little bit surprised. So he's been able to add that to his game, um, as you said, as well as all the steals and all the blocks and the assists and, and everything else. So, yeah, we all went Derek White. And, and as I said, two months ago, that wouldn't have even been a discussion. No, not at all. So very impressive by him. Uh, hopefully that's something that, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine him maintaining quite this pace. Mm. But, I mean, even if he loses a little bit of value and a little bit of production, I think top 25 kind of feels like a lock. When I remember when I said, and again, I'm, this isn't me like trying to victory lap this because this is not what I said. I did not say Derek White with Drew Holiday is going to be a top 50 guy. But I said top 50, and it was called preposterous, um, which is like, no, I didn't expect this, so I'm not going to. But it's really cool. It's it's cool to see that it was like, oh, maybe he's a top 50 guy. And no, that's kind of ridiculous. And now he's like, I mean, he's 15th. So it's it's been very impressive, to say the least. Um, another point guard that's been playing much better recently is Tyus Jones. Got off to a pretty slow start. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were looking like to start the season, but I remember um, within a couple weeks when Zach Hanshu and I were doing our Q&A with Roto World, him calling Tyus Jones a drop. I can't remember because I had him in one league. I can't remember if I ended up dropping him or not or if I held on to him. can't remember if Zach convinced me or not. But, um, man, if he was dropped early, make sure you pick him. I mean, I'm assuming he's been picked up at this point. But uh, 56th on the season in nine cat leagues now, uh, 22nd over the past two weeks. So the past, like during that past two weeks, he's averaging 17.3 points, 3.3 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.7 steals. 2.63s while shooting 61% from the floor and only turning it over 0.9 times per game. Uh, this is, I think, kind of more of what we imagined from Tyus Jones when he was traded to Washington because he was always really, really good with Memphis when he started. And now he's finally – like the numbers are pretty incredible uh, out of him as a starting point guard. Do you think that this is something – maybe not top 25 value, but like He'll finish the season within the top fifty. Uh, I think he, I think he could. If if everything remained as it is now, yes, I think he could be top fifty, top sixty. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't say confident, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded um, or, or isn't on Washington beyond February, sort of thing. So that would be my only concern with Tyus Jones is that what he's doing now, the minutes he's playing, that sort of thing might not be... It's not like Derek White or Darren Fox. Their roles are set. They're not going anywhere. Tyus Jones, I wouldn't be surprised, as I said, if he moves, um, which for that reason, I'd probably consider selling him at the moment, um, trying to get a top 50 player back. Um, but if, I mean, if if you don't think that's going to happen, then just roll with him. Um I guess there's a chance, even if he is in Washington, that they start to not prioritise other guys over him, but they want to get a look at these young guys and, and see what they've got. So there could be potential for for Jones to to be given some rest down the stretch, a little bit like we saw with the Spurs last year when they were um, Devin Vassell was sort of in and out on a nightly basis, that sort of thing. So we might see something like that. So. I do think what he's doing is somewhat sustainable, but I'm a little bit worried about where he is uh, beyond the trade deadline. Yeah, and I think that'll be the kind of the case for a lot of the tanking teams is what moves do they make that opens up minutes or what guys do they shut down. Another guy who is a candidate to potentially take on an even larger role uh, if this team decides to shut everybody down is Scoot Henderson, uh, who obviously got off to a very poor start to his career, as many point guards do. Uh, especially like the higher lottery picks. Not everybody can come in and dominate from day one, and that's okay. Uh, still ranks out. He's 363 in nine cat over the course of the season. Uh, last week, he was 151st. Uh, the field goal percentage and turnovers are still bad, uh, but the points and, and the assists have been much better. He has two double-doubles in his last three games, uh, two straight 20-point games. He seems to really be figuring it out, and then watching him, as well, there's plenty of fun passes that he's making, really good drives that he's making. So he's getting better. Um, it won't be long before he's, I mean, playing 
how we kind of expected him to, or kind of to what he's capable of, um, it won't be long. So I don't, I don't have an exact roster ship percentage up right now, but is he a guy that if you're able to add him off the waiver wire, like how much are you prioritizing that? Uh, I'd be, I'd be trying to get him. Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to invest a little bit of fab uh, into, into him if he's available. Um, you said he's had two double doubles in his last three. Mm-hmm. Um, do have to remember that Simons and Sharp have been out um, right. the last couple of games, so that obviously helps. But yeah, I, I think he is starting to figure it out um, since coming back from injury. He was a bit up and down there, but if you look at the last few weeks, he's most nights he's been double digits. He's had three double digit assist games. Um, efficiency has been a little bit better. It's still not great, but he, he's a He's a rookie, so you don't worry about that. Free throws, he, he's very good from the free throw line, so you don't have to worry about that either. Um, yeah, so look, I, I do think he's figuring it out. I think he's trending in the right direction. I'm not sure. I don't know whether Brogdon is moved because it does sound like he's enjoying life there in Portland as, as sort of a mentor for these young guys. Um, so the decision will just come from Portland as to whether they want to keep him around to – to help with the development of these young guards or not. Um, but <clears throat> nonetheless, I do think that Henderson moves ahead of Brogdon in the rotation at some point, even if Brogdon is still there, um, because he's the future. Brogdon is not. They want to see Scoot and Simons together. So, yeah, if, he, if he's available, I'd, I'd go and grab him. Um, as long as – just be prepared that he's probably – he's going to have some games where he, he shoots sort of – two of 12 and, and ends up with six points and six assists and nothing else. Um, but, I yeah, I do think his trajectory is headed in the right direction, so he, he'd be someone that I'd certainly be holding or, or trying to add if he's available. Yeah, he's uh, rostering 50% or 57%, excuse me, of Yahoo leagues. Uh, I don't know Fantrax's number, but kind of a, about the middle, like – half the leagues almost that he's rostering are available in. So if you're able to, I would recommend getting him. I think he's only going to get better. Uh, hope I'm not like saying they hopefully trade Brogdon, but obviously that make things a little less complicated mm. so that they can definitely start scoop. But um, you know, Simons and Sharp have been out, but scoot started with Malcolm Brogdon and had 11 assists last night. Brogdon had seven while both played 36 minutes. So Simon's coming back changes that dynamic, obviously, and so would Sharp coming back. But ideally, they kind of say, hey, Scoot's got some rhythm going. Even when everybody's healthy, let's keep rolling with him. Brogdon can play a big role off the bench, uh, try and get another six-man-of-the-year award. But that would probably be best-case scenario for Scoot. Um, and then really quickly, before we sign off for this episode, I do want to check in on the industry pickup leagues. <laughs> I don't. Look at- <laughs> we'll make will. it quick then. We'll make it quick then. <laughs> um, believe, yeah. So this is the, the standings currently. Um, I know you went with the, what was it? Were you punting points build? Um, punting winning. Well, okay, that is also you know, oh, kind of but a, yes, uh, punning points. <laughs> but it, that's the two categories you're punting are, are wins and points. So we'll pull up your roster quickly. Obviously, uh, playing without Markel Fultz impacts that a good bit, and then Wemby being in and out. Because you mentioned you know us being hesitant to draft Wemby before the season because of shutdown possibility, and then you went and drafted him at 13, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I did. And didn't you? Uh, Make because you had Anthony Davis, didn't you? Make the trade, I did. Yep, yep. what was so I had, uh, yeah, so I had Anthony Davis. Um, and yeah, I mean, anyone who listens to my show or this show or any has heard me talk about my team and what my my theory was. And I was hoping to be better in assists. That that's been my letdown this season is that I, well, Marcus Smart was out for over a month, Mm -hmm. Markel Fultz has been out for the season. I thought Josh Giddy would be better than a pile of bricks. Yeah, he's been um, Drew Holiday has been pretty underwhelming as well. Uh, he's been all right, but not what I wanted. So I was expecting sort of from those guys a combined tw- well, 20, 24 assists um, 
and and I'm getting well. I haven't had faults at all. Haven't really had smart. So I'm getting like eight assists or something. So I'm just that that was my issue. So uh, Anthony Davis was he's obviously been good and and he's been very good since I traded him as well. But some of his value comes from points. I don't need his points at all um, because I'm I'm last in points. So I was fine to give up his points. I wanted to keep some blocks, so I got Brooke Lopez back, um, who's been all right. Um, he's he's pretty underwhelming in the rebounds category, but last yeah. night he had 10 and I benched him. So <laughs> nice. Um, so so he and, and I picked up DeJounte Murray as well. Um, just to give me a small bump in assists. And look, this week I have been more competitive in assists um, because Marcus Smart is back and I've got DeJounte. So I'm up against Dan Titus, who's last. Um, so, yeah, battle of the cellar dwellers. Uh, and he's beating me. I think he's got – I think Steels is, is going to be the category that will decide this. So that's why I benched Brook Lopez yesterday because I didn't need blocks because I'm winning blocks by about 30 or something. Um, yeah. So – I didn't need blocks, um, so I benched him so that tomorrow I can try and get some guards in. I picked up DeLon Wright as well um, because I just need some steals, so steals and assists. So, yeah, look, I've been better in assists this week, um, but it'll come down to steals, so we'll see. I know he's got more guys playing than me tonight. It looks like you'll get him back tomorrow with a – pretty full day based on what this is looking like here. Um, And then, yeah, I'm in this matchup here with Watch the Boxes. I believe that's – is it Mike Catrone? Yeah, yeah. Um, So very close. Um, I think it's going to come down to steals. A couple other categories are close as well, but steals is kind of the closest right now. I have a bunch of guys going today and a few tomorrow, so I'm assuming that he has a bunch going tomorrow. Hopefully – Anthony Melton, Dante Exum, they'll be able to get me some steals. Actually, looks like Jimmy Butler's playing, so that's great. He is Finally playing, yes. Yep. Um, having Jimmy Butler out for the past couple of weeks and Joel Embiid out has really hurt me um, this week because I thought I was going to have Embiid all week, and then he just decided he's not going to play starting Christmas Day, um, which is kind of hurt. But was able to survive early on um, with Simons out. Kind of was, I think the first three weeks I was four or five loss every time, um, but I've crept my way up into fourth right now. Right now, if I lose, I'll I'll drop a few spots because it's four or five, but hopefully can hang on there enough. I don't know if you remember us when we were drafting our teams. I had no idea like what I was doing as far as like what strategy I was going to commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked out. I don't even know. I won't even say I'm specifically punting or, or going against trying to get a couple of categories or being extra strong in a few. I think just trying to adapt to what other teams might be doing. I don't know. I haven't looked to see if I'm actually better than other people in any category, but I remember Mitch Casey tried to trade for Jimmy Butler a few weeks ago and he asked me what I was interested in. I was like, honestly, I've, I have no idea. Like I'm not, I don't know what I'm strong at or what I'm, I'm yeah. weak at. I need to help out with, but I'm just kind of, I'm chilling, but it's it's worked the past couple of weeks. So hopefully I can keep that up. And then real quick, um, the World Cup, I think you said that you were in the Raleigh division and yep. you are the fudge pushers. I am. Yep. And that's pretty much what my team's doing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they're not. Uh, like I said, I mean, we talked off air before right. the show, and, and I don't hate my team. Um, I've just had certain players injured at certain times that have not allowed me to be competitive in certain categories. So, like blocks, for instance, I've had Kessler or Jabari Smith or Evan Mobley. I, I, I haven't really had them together at all this season. And with the number of players this year that are elite in blocks, it's it's harder to be competitive with with just one or two shot blockers. You need another one this year. So I just haven't had that. Um, D'Angelo Russell has been pretty average. Trey Murphy, I mean, 
I think I drafted him last or maybe even got him off waivers. I can't remember. So I can't really complain about him. But another league where Fultz has been out, um, Smart was out. So, yeah, look, it's just – it's not a team that excites me, but it's also not a team that I hate. Um, And the waiver wire – I mean, anyone who's in the World Cup is – He's very engaged in the league, and so the waiver wires are pretty thin. There's, there isn't. Uh, it's not like one of these leagues where people just go to right. sleep and, and you and you can snap someone up uh, who's got a lot of value. So it's, yeah, it's it's not probably my out of all my leagues, um, it's probably the one that I'm doing the worst in, which is unfortunate. Well, sorry for bringing it up. That I didn't mean to. Uh, I wasn't trying uh, to exploit well, your your worst leagues. <laughs> no, look, we, I mean we're we're all. We're only human, like we right. we're, we're analysts, but we make mistakes, and we we're not winning every league, and so we have to we have to talk about our our ordinary yeah. teams as well as our good teams. Right, and I will quickly show mine. I was I started off I think last the first couple of weeks in my division in Queenstown have crept into fifth. Um, I think I'm down three six this week. I'll show my roster really quickly again. Another league that having Embiid out has hurt me. Um, but another league that I have Dante Exum, which has helped me. Uh, my my World Cup and industry pickup leagues are pretty pretty similar, as far as a few of the guys. The one the reason I struggled early was accidentally I know I've shared this auto drafted James Harden in the second round because I went to sleep without a cue, which was a rookie mistake. But it's kind of actually paid off so far, mm. um, which has worked out. I'm I'm down six three. Nope, I'm up five four. What a, what happened? Um, I took the lead in something. I don't know. Yep. Maybe I took the lead. Yeah. I think in field goal percentage and free throw percentage because of Walker Kessler and Larry Markin to start this year or start this game. So shout out them for missing shots. Hopefully they keep doing that. Um, are you, how's your team in the, um, FBI like auction draft league? Uh, that team's not too bad. Let me bring it. I can show that one. I wasn't going to show it because my team is awful, but I can show it if your team is good. I don't want to give you a uh, So I'm eighth. I'm eighth in that league um, uh, out of 14. So I'm sort of in the middle. Um, and this is another team that, that I actually I actually quite like my team here. Um, so feel free to show it if you want. Um, yeah, it's up, it's up on the screen, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking at, at mine. No, so... Again, very guard heavy. I do that in a lot of leagues, so I'm, I'm punting big man, traditional big man stats, blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, and just going guard heavy. Jordan Poole, ugh, I, I mean, I'm holding him in this league, but it's yeah, it's been pretty rough. Um, yeah, Zach Collins, I'm holding him as well, purely because I just need a second center, um, and and he fits. My build. He hits his free throws. He can hit some threes. He'll get you a few assists. So that's the only reason I'm holding him in that league. I managed to get Wiggins off waivers. It's it's more of a let's see what he does. Um, I think I was the one who dropped him. So <laughs> you might have. Yeah. Look, and and I, I don't know if I'll hold him, but I'll see how he. I'll give him a week. Um, picked up Torian Prince, uh, Julian Champagne. I'll be dropping him. I just picked him up for the back to back that the Spurs had, and he and he sucked anyway. Uh, and Dasunmu I picked up as well. He's sort of doing stuff in Chicago. He's He hasn't been great, but he's playing minutes and um, just doing what I what I need him to do. So this team I actually don't mind, um, and I don't have Markel Fultz in this league. <laughs> so this is why I did. I Maybe that's why my team is, Maybe. is last, I have Markel Fultz on my Fultz team. Fultz has been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow, so I don't know – it probably means absolutely nothing, but I'm going to try and stay positive and think that maybe that means he's hey. he's back in the next game or two because that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, I need him uh, to come back. This was the auction draft that I was asleep for. I believe the first hour and a half of it, but I came in and was able to uh, get yes, really sorry. good discounts yep. on guys. Unfortunately, yep. half of them have been disappointing. I do have OG in this one. Uh, got I remember really good value on Scotty Barnes, but I also have Josh Giddy, and he's been bad. And then uh, Mark Williams, who's been doubtful and then out for like the last ten games or something. Jalen Duran's missed a good bit of time. Um, not my favorite team, obviously, uh, which is why I'm dead last in this league. So 
have to show that just to say like I'm not only going to sit here and show my my good leaks. This this one sucks. Um, yeah. But I um, still fun, still fun to be doing an FBI mm. league. But I feel like I'm more into the uh, the industry pickup league and the World Cup league because those are going a little bit better. So I'm more active making moves in those. Um, and maybe it's also the fact that I don't have Dante X in this one. Maybe that changes things. <laughs> that is depressing. Um, yeah, but that is going to do it. Uh, this was episode 42 of the Tank Mulator podcast. Adam, do you have anything outside of your regularly scheduled programming that's coming up that is exciting that people should watch out for? Uh, not really. No, it's, it's just um, we're sort of in the grind now, like we're middle of the season, um, getting back after the Christmas break and uh, getting back into it. It's a weird schedule this week. I did the schedule breakdown with Mike Fiddle yesterday, mm-hmm. and, and it's a very up and down week. We've got, I think we've got a 12-game slate and a 14-game slate, and then we've got a four-game, two-game, and six-game slate. So it's it's a very up and down week. So streaming is is tricky um, this week because you can't stream on certain days and then everyone will be going after the same players right, on the other days. Right. So, um, yeah, so, no, we're just sort of in the grind. We've got our, our regular shows coming out. I'll be I'll tweet out something about the schedule for the rest of the season. Um, and then we'll start, uh, yeah, getting into the playoffs and thinking about next season. Yeah. And make sure you give us both follows on Twitter slash X at Adam King 91 at Noah Rubin 22. You can follow at FBI basketball there as well. Uh, like rate review this podcast, do all the things, uh, check out FBI basketball.com. Um, anything else that we need to plug that I'm forgetting about Adam? No, I think, I think that's, I think that's everything. Um, we might everything. get, we talked about, we might get some updated rankings up on the site um, yeah. and, and some dynasty stuff that you'll be doing and Matt, Matt will get back to it at some point. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Still, still chugging along. Yeah. Whenever I get done with those rankings, I don't know when that will be, but they will be up and available to see. Uh, you can also check out industrypickup.com to stay up to date yeah. with the transactions, the standings, uh, things of that nature. But like I said, that's going to do it for this episode. So Adam, thank you so much for joining me for this. My pleasure, mate. Always uh, happy to jump on. All right, yeah, and thank you for listening. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.